Shalom and welcome back to the Daily Tzika Satsari Chabura. Hope everyone had an amazing day. Today is episode 4, Os Dalid. And today we're going to encounter one of the main principles, the major principles, that animates Ratzadok's thought. And as we mentioned before, we're going to be continuing to mine the mitzvah of Kriyashma to help us understand some certain features of our religious journey. So says Ratzadok, Mitzvah Rishona Shineschayev HaAdam the very first mitzvah that someone becomes obligated to then become 12 or 13 years old is the kriyashma at night, because the Jewish day starts at night. So the very first mitzvah is going to be is going to be that kriyashma that first evening. Now, one of the things that's important to know about Rav Tzadok, this is, uh, comes from an article that Rabbi Dr. Yaakov Elman, Zichron Levracha, wrote, is that Rav Tzadok engages in a term called omnisignificance. Everything for Rav Tzadok is saturated with meaning, whether it's like we saw before, the beginning, the first Masechda, holds a key of meaning for Rav Tzadok. So too, Rav Tzadok's going to look at the fact that the first mitzvah that someone enters into when they become obligated mitzvahs is Kriyashma is going to hold significance for him as well. And therefore, he asks the question, why would it be the case that Kriyashma would be the beginning of this journey of mitzvahs? He says, Shehu Hareshis. Because Kriyashma is the foundation. What Kriyashma represents is the foundation of Judaism. What was that? Like we saw yesterday, it's about being miyached kol hamasa l'ashem isparach. It's about unifying and dedicating all things we do in light of the values of a Kaddish Baruch In fact, if someone were to ask you, what's the motto of Judaism? For a tzaduk, you may wear, the answer may very well be, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. For as he continues to explain, Yehu ubrachos echad, raksha habrachos beprat hamasim, vizu bechlal. The only difference being that between brachos and kriyashma is that the brachos we make operate on the more the detailed level, the detailed plane, whereas kriyashma functions on the more generalized plane. And what that means is we have to zoom out for a second to understand. You see, for the for the the Hasidim, Rav Tzadok, and the Kubal and the Kabbalists, if we zoom out and understand the whole purpose of Judaism is all about two words, Giloi Yehudo, which means that we're, we're tasked with revealing God's unity. I mean, we know that God to be a perfect unity, and yet we live in a world of disunity, of pirod, of distraction, of sheker, of falsehood. And the goal of us, our avoda, is working hard to show how to reveal God's presence, and therefore by His presence, His unity in this world. And so that declaration, when we enter into the journey of mitzvahs, of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, is going to serve as the anchor, is going to keep us anchored and connected to this conception, this realization, this truth, that a Baruch Hu is one, that there is a unity behind all of this apparent disunity. And so when we make a bracha, and we're encountering all this diverse phenomena, we make a bracha, and that, it says Ratzadok, the goal of the bracha, therefore, is that we're engaging this diverse phenomena for us to peel back the layers to reveal that unity that undergirds it. But Kriyashman does that on a much more generalized level. He says, Al-Komaisa Hakima, Al-Komaisa Hashriva, Al-Shal Arvis, Kodem, Kedepasach, Beitana, Da'akrakai. That for the Kriyashma in the evening and Kriyashma during the day, it sort of sets the tone, as we said yesterday, what the aspiration is for that entire day, again, of Gil Yehudo, of making everything we're doing, whatever we're aspiring for, is in line with those values. But something that we didn't talk about yesterday is the ordering. 
why is it, we briefly mentioned it, but why is it that Kriyashma at night be, begins the mitzvah, why not Kriyashma during the day? So like what Sadok says, that that was the very first question the Gemara had to ask at the beginning of Masechus Brachos, that the evening time Kriyashma comes first, and the answer was, Akra Kai. There is a proof text from the Torah that proves this. And we said, what was that from? That we learned it from the ordering of the creation of the world, where it says, right, that Erev, evening, comes before day, sort of sets the tone, not just in terms of the cosmology and the terms of time, that evening for the Jewish calendar comes first and then daytime, but for Avtsado, continuing with this idea of omni-significance, says for Tzadok, this is also true, Le'inian, Kabbalas, Omachu Shemayim, that this ordering of evening preceding daytime has a tremendous message for our lives as Jews, as Ovde Hashem as well. And so now we get introduced to another important phrase in the thought of Tzadok, Debereisha Chashucha Vehadar Nahora, that in the beginning there is darkness, and only afterwards is there light. And one way to understand this before we go ahead and finish the rest of the piece is that in many traditions, whether it's the Greek tradition when they talk about the Golden Age, or even in Christian theology with their understanding of the Old Testament, as they called it, and the notion of the pre-lapsarian Edenic state, everything being uh, perfect and um, being in paradise, is that there's this perfect perfection that we uh, we experienced, and then we fell, and now we're trying to get back to that perfect place, but we're we're broken, and it seems like it's impossible for us to get back to that. And this is actually developed in David Beshevkin's book, Synagogue, which I highly recommend as a book for this time period that we're in, in El, preparing for the Yom Narayim, that in fact that's not the case. Based on the Zohar, Beresha Chashucha Vahadra Nahora flips that on its head, that rather darkness, absence, is constitutive of the human experience, even on a creative level. Says we see here that Tzadok's deriving from Vayer Vayivoker that darkness or absence is very much part of the experience, and not some sort of pristine perfection that we had before that we're trying to get back to, which seems to be impossible to get to. But rather, it's not because as a sin. Okay, we could talk about a different time, but rather, constitutive part of what we are in our experience is having those periods of absence. And now continues with Tzadok to explain that first we have those moments of darkness, and then Tzarech Kabbalas Amochushemayim. It's those moments where we need to accept and bring in the presence and even understand and believe that there's the ability in that darkness to tap into and to detect the presence of God, even from within the darkness. This is another idea of we see in Rabbi Nachman, that even with the hiddenness within the hiddenness, even there, we can find the Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what Rav Tzadok says as well. In fact, we're going to see through it as we go through that Rav Tzadok was also impacted by Rabbi Nachman as well. And this is also where we find a lot of his impact from, from Ishbitz. Um, it becomes much more popular, popularized in the idea of the Ishbitzer's son, the, who's known as the Beis Yaakov, Rav Yaakov Liner of Ishbitz. In his Beis Yaakov, he really explores, this is seen in a book, on the, on the Ishbitzer Rebbe, where he takes a lot of the dualities that we have, you know, dark and light, um, actions and non-action, and he wants to focus and, dis- and discover and detect for us that even within these things that we typically see as being other or bad, there's actually sparks and opportunities for connection with God. So if see, we hear choshech or sichlos, which is like stupidity or blindness, that there, there's an opportunity. Or the, the concept of being, like we talked about before. And says Rav Tzadok, that if we can have Kabbalah's Omach 
in those capital O other experiences, the Choshech, the Sichlos, the Eder Masim, then says of Tzadok, via Sofo Lekayemes Beosher, Vinahora Diyamama. Then it will be necessarily, not just, oh, it will be nice when it happens, brother, that will lead, that will equip us with the ability to have even richer Judaism when, we have those moments of presence, of or, of seichel, of action, the complete opposite of the three things we just mentioned before. We have that hasaga brura. We have that clear perception of God's presence because we're activating, we're working, we're trying to cultivate and detect God's, the traces of God's transcendence in our lives. That that type of experience, that type of practice, is going to help and reinforce and will inexorably, inexorably lead to much richer Judaism when we have those moments of clarity and inspiration. You know, this actually reminds me of an idea that Rav Hutner, Zechus uh, teaches us in his collection, Pachet Yitzhak Purim, where he talks about, we know that the Medrash says that Latid Lavo, when Mashiach comes, only Purim, is going to remain from the previous holidays that we've had until now. And so the question is why? So it explains Rav Huttner, he gives a mashal, he gives a parable. He says you have two people who are stuck inside a dark room. And so one person decides, listen, I can't see anything, it's dark, there's no way I'm going to be able to get out. And so since I can't see anything, I might as well just wait here until someone can get me out of here. Whereas the other person says, you know what, I may not be able to use my eyes, but I have other senses. I have my hands, I have my ears, and I can be able to, by touching things, I can realize how to get myself around the different places. I'm able to go ahead and detect how the room is, even though I can't see anything. And then someone opens the room, and the light is turned back on. And so these two people come out, you might think, what's the difference between these two guys? Now they can both see again. The, the vision, the light, in this case the Mashiach, the light of Mashiach of God, has been returned to them. Is there any difference between them? And says, yes, there is. Because the other person who went ahead and used their other senses trying to detect, using them to try to navigate the room, leaves that room, yes, with their vision restored, but also with their other senses. And that, says Rav Hutner, is the story of Purim. The Jewish people use their ears even when their eyes couldn't see God. That's why the prime mitzvah of Purim is listening to the Megillah, that we listen to the presence of God that emerges from the text that we're reading. And that's why Latit Lavo, it will retain its status because it's a whole different qualitative aspect of our connection with God. So when we have those moments, because we all have those moments of absence where we don't feel God's presence in our lives, instead of feeling bereft and forgotten, think of it as an opportunity like the person in our analogy from Rav Hutner about what's the skill in my broad, holistic avodas Hashem that I'm trying to cultivate right now. And if we take that approach, when the lights get turned back on, and they will, they always get turned back on, we'll, we have those moments of presence again, then when the lights get turned back on, we'll find ourselves a much richer, deeper person than we were before. I hope you have an amazing day.